Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, sometimes, Audrey, when we do Tech Vibe Radio, we have to just jump right into it. We can't even mess around and I do know, our this setup. Is great. Yeah, we've got, some, we've got some, some guys who stopped by the show today that I'm really excited because they get what we do. They get. They get what we do. Absolutely, yeah. That's his radio voice. That's my that's my uh, intonation going on there. Absolutely, man. Now that I have everyone's attention, we've got Joe Leachko (laughs) and Keith Parrish here from Studio Me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Hey guys, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. I was super pumped when I saw that you guys were opening up Studio Me. Was about two years ago? A year and a half. Like two and a half now. Just about two and a half. Yeah. See, time flying by. That Pittsburgh now needed a space where you can record video and do podcasts. It's like the it's like the AV room, man. Like it's all fun, cool things when it comes to producing video and podcasts. Yeah, we uh, when we first opened, people started saying that we were the tech shop for media. So exactly, kind of hey, stuck. That's so and cool. Yeah, I kind of went with that. So except you're still in business. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I had to say it. I mean, come yeah. on, we all we all know it. Except well, you guys. well the difference is we're, we're a pay-as-you-go, so we're, we don't lock you into a membership. Exactly. We, we are probably going to offer memberships soon as an option, but yeah. So Keith. What's your background? Yeah, so my background's video production, and uh, I went to school for marketing, but I've been doing video since I was about 13. Gotcha. And I started a production company when I was just graduated back in 2007, and so I still still run that production company as well. It's, right. It's called Parish Digital. And so who are your clients? So we work with everyone from small businesses up to a lot of Fortune 500 companies and all different ranges, and then with the studio um, – Joe, do you want to answer that one? And what's, what's your background, Jim? Yeah, so I, I come from industrial design, and um, I kind of fell into the world of environments, so marketing environments. Anything when it comes to AV, when it comes to lighting, when it comes to architecture, um, I would design and uh, have that created for so you design companies. Studio Me? Yes, yeah, and a lot of the branding behind it and everything. And Very we'll cool. Oh, that's cool. And how did the two of you meet? <laughs> Uh, almost a decade the, ago. At the gym. By accident. At the gym. Yeah. <laughs> at the gym. At the gym. I love yeah, that. At the gym. Yeah, we were just, uh, just two guys just happened to see each other over and over and over again and just became buddies. I love that. Yeah. You know, really? and then. We should own a studio together one day. Yeah. <laughs> no. And like six or seven years later, we decided, you know, it's we got to do something. So let's, at what point do you decide, like, you're like, wait, we need, Pittsburgh needs space that they can, they can rent by the hour, half day, day, week, in which to do high level, high tech intensive video because you've got some great equipment there and podcasting when you decide that like well, pittsburgh needs this and we're going to fill that need well I, I mean it was pretty clear to me at least because i you know like i said my background's video and i had a video company that that <clears throat> media was was really changing especially since i mean here's a good story to highlight it so a, a kid came in this weekend to apply for an internship and he was like yeah you know i, I really wanted to do music but uh I think it's more practical for me to, to do video production and go that route. And that's funny to me because back when I was in high school, you know, that was video production was considered like the starving artist approach and right. you only did it if you were passionate about it. It wasn't considered a practical job. And so that just shows you kind of where we've come in 15 exactly. years is like it's so ubiquitous now. And mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a video world. At the end, I mean, and, more and more videos being produced every day, every second. Yeah. And, and there, there still wasn't a, a place that had all the resources and tools that, that a person would need that, um, is 
just starting to create media or wanted just something a little more user-friendly, all the spaces were sort of set up just for professionals, and we wanted something that had a, a mix of both worlds. You yeah, said so we have novices all the way to professionals and large uh, Fortune 500 companies and, and agencies that come in and use us. So, um, And the barrier to entry to media is, is super low to make right. things, but it's keeping the high quality, it's keeping it put together right, how it's right. edited, the scripts, how it's written, you know, things exactly. like that. So. We help fill all those gaps and, and try to help out that way. Well, tell us about and some so, of the, yeah, the resources that you guys yeah. have. What, what is it like <clears throat> over there? Yeah, so we have um, we have a multi-purpose room, which is our biggest studio. So that's a lot of, you could do full body shoots in there with uh, big backdrops and everything with lighting. So that's more uh, traditional for custom users and everything. But, you know, mm -hmm. we've kind of set it up for you before you show up. Um, we have the podcast lounge. That's uh, fairly new that we've turned in one of our studios. So fits up to seven people. You could do live broadcasting on a 360 camera, mm -hmm. or we could do a couple different camera angles and have podcasts going on or an interview. So it's kind of like a lounge setup with, custom, with like really cushiony furniture and stuff like that. And then, um, then we have our self-guided room, and we developed an app that actually controls everything inside the studio. That's so, the cool part is the app that you guys developed. Yeah, so you can do a one-man band and show up, and you can still control all the lighting, all the audio, the camera, the teleprompter, the backdrop, and we kind of help you guide through those easy steps. And oh, that's you, fun! So that's if do you, you have, have a low crazy budget. People come in, do some wild stuff <laughs> all the time. No, yeah, all the time. Like, all, all the time. time. All the time. All the time. Like, is there a crazy story that you could share? We had some dancing cats. Uh, we were wearing full body cat costumes. <laughs> oh my god, that was pretty cool. Wasn't wow. some CMU kids came in for clogging? Or yeah, the, yeah, these uh, oh, clogging. They were, they were Asian CMU kids that came in to teach. Eastern European folk dance. That's what I'm talking about. So like two opposites that no come together. Way. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. And they did was this like a an instructional video? Yeah, it was for a class. So oh, they, okay. they came in to create a video and they just needed a, a nice, you know, studio space to, to shoot it in. So how so. cool is that that your studio is accessible at a price point where some college kids can afford to come yeah, in exactly. for an afternoon yeah. and make something cool. Yeah. And what we've noticed when we first started that we were mainly geared toward just solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. people who just wanted to create it to start right. their businesses. But right. then it turned into a lot of people saying, you know what, can you do it for us? Or, right. you know, what if I buy in bulk and I need oh, a lot of these videos done in a short amount of oh, time? Oh, that's good. Right. You yeah. Know? So it turned into it's more of like a full service. Land and expand model, right? Yeah. Yeah, like basically. It. So our clientele changed very quickly and our, our, our business plan changed very quickly. And, Actually, a couple times already. Yeah. And our, um, our tagline is Media Made Easy. So what, what we try to offer in, in all of our services is user-friendly uh, quality service. Very so, cool. What's your website if people want to, like, check it out and go online? StudioMe.me. StudioMe.me. Oh, me, me, me. Clever. I thought you stuttered there like me for StudioMe.me. Yeah, not studio.me. StudioMe.me. We're redoing our website and the structure behind it, so everyone will see a new one coming up. Oh, really? Well, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, basically two avenues, more custom and then more DIY with a la carte items to it. Ah, very easier. You can book it like a hotel room, go right online and. Pick, pick your options, pick your a la carte options, and then check out. And check out, and then you show up, and you're still you ready to go. show up, and everything's ready to go. When we, when we left the studio today, people were just waiting for their rooms to be I love ready and, and set up. So, so. Do you do any dance videos? Uh, we have a few people doing music videos. They show up uh, to do those. So, I mean, we kind of laid out the way they wanted everything. And mm -hmm. um, We had uh, um, we do some work with Kelly Strayhorn Theater. They they do some promo yeah. videos, and okay. we've had a dance group come in and take photos for their um, promotional materials. Oh, Very that's cool. awesome! And the Jazz that's Fest great. and everything coming up, we do yeah. we do their promotional videos for them. And what so. I love is you're right in the middle of the East End in East Liberty, yeah. So it makes it super simple to get there, and there's no reason not to go and check you guys out. Oh yeah, we're right on uh, Penn Avenue, right there. It's super easy to park around us and walk right through the front. I've never door. had so a problem. So there's parking. here's Close two guys who met in a gym. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to start it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Started Studio Me right there on Penn Avenue in East Liberty. And they're flexing their muscles with a, a member. It's a membership model. Could you be yeah, a so we have a new membership model coming out of just different tiers of, you know, how uh, enthusiastic and, you know, how much of a professional you are to media. So we have memberships for novices all the way up to the professionals. And So and, fun. Yeah. yeah. How much and, fun and, are you having? A lot of fun. And it's if you been think great. about it, like the gym, the gym analogy is actually pretty cool because. I did something cool. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Because, because you can Great. work out at home, but people go to the gym because there's professional tools and resources there for you. Or they the don't real, go to the gym. You get the real results. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, go to studioMe.me and check it out. Keith and Joe, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, totally appreciate it. Love you. what you guys are doing. I encourage everyone, go make your own video. Do a podcast there. Have some fun. Do it right there in East Liberty. Uh, we're taking a quick break. We are coming back with Jesse Shell from Shell Games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the man on the scene, man. All things in Pittsburgh. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us by going to pghtech.org and follow us on Twitter at pghtech. All right, Audrey, you know I've been talking about this for a while and our moment has finally come. Well, you have a mad crush on this guy. I do. He's a I cool know. dude, man. What can it's I just, say? I'm just being, I'm keeping it real. He's keeping okay? it real, yeah. I'm keeping it real. It's, he has a mad crush on you. It's not every day you get Jesse Shell, the founder of Shell Games, to stop by Tech Vibe Radio. It's been way too long. And we have so much to catch up on, Audrey. That we're not just doing one segment. We're doing two. I know. And not only that, I try to keep tabs on this guy through some of his team. Right. But it's near impossible. We're busy. There's a lot going on. Exactly. Hey, Jess. Hey. So what's well, going on these days? Yeah. <laughs> but give, give like, the pitch. There might be people. There might be a couple of people that aren't heard cognizant of Shell Games. Of shell games. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, no, we're making games and stuff. So we're a, a video game development studio. Been in Pittsburgh for, I don't know, was it 16, 17 years now? Yeah. Uh, located down in Station Square. we got about 120 people and make all kinds of games. We do everything from mobile games to virtual reality games to... Educational games, um, uh, to interactive theme park rides, interactive museum exhibits, a huge variety of things. We're typically working on about 10 projects at a time. And so that's a lot of diversity, right? I mean, yeah. that's a lot of diversity of Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. Lots of different things. So what kinds of people, what kind of skill sets mm -hmm. do people have who work for you? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're a full-service studio, which means we have programmers, and we have artists, and producers, and designers, and writers, and musicians, and... Um, musicians? Yeah, games have music. Yeah. So someone's got to write it. So how many musicians do you have, like, at Shell Games that are just, like, writing, scoring music for the games and everything like that? Like, that's amazing. The audio department is yeah. right now about four people, and so they have a mixture of having to do sound effects as well as music composition, as well as mixing and... How um, and, fun. And uh, audio recording. How fun. Yeah, you got a happy crowd fun. over there. Oh, it is. It's super fun. Making games is really fun. Plus, you're, like, breathing a whole new life into Station Square. Yeah, Station like, Square is an interesting place right now. Yeah, right. I mean, it's Isn't in it transition revamping? right now. I mean, it's, it's revamping. It's turning into what New Pittsburgh is all about. And you guys kind of led the way on that. Yeah, we we got in there. We got in there at a good time. There wasn't very popular when we got in there. And now, all kinds of stuff's happening. They're building condos over there. They're building really. Oh, yeah. they got this whole new restaurant thing that they're doing. And yeah, it's huge construction happening right there. Wow, that's exciting. So, so here you are. This this house of amazing things, right? <laughs> Um, and I say house because if you have never had a chance to be at Shell Games, their space is crazy because you feel like you're on a ship. 
because you're that close to the water yeah, in the yeah, way right. that the glass is. Yeah, we're right, right on the water by the uh, the uh, bridge, the Smithfield Street Bridge. Yeah. So you feel like you're on the water. You feel like you're yeah. on a ship. Yeah, definitely. Without the, so, without the motion sickness. So talk, about, talk a little bit about some of your projects. Just start to talk about the kinds of things that are in the pipeline that you're working on. Yeah, so we do, we do a mix of things. I mean, uh, a lot of projects we do are with other partners um so over the years you know we've done a lot of stuff with disney we've done a lot of stuff locally with fred rogers company We're right kind of very daniel, cool daniel right. tiger shows and some of those things and then we do our own internal projects and a lot of those lately for us have been uh virtual reality projects we've had a very successful one the past few years it's kind of a comedy spy game called i expect you to die where i expect you to oh, die nice. <laughs> yeah yeah really you, nice you you find yourself in a series of death traps and you've got to kind of you know where can we find that macgyver game? your way out of them uh so this is a virtual reality game if uh, you can download it on steam um if, if you've got an oculus or mm-hmm. a vive or a playstation um those are all totally fine places uh that you can download that <coughs> that's so, amazing so you're actually yeah. selling these games yeah, that's one of the of nice things nowadays is independent studios right. can you can publish your own stuff. So I expect you to die self-published by us. Um, and we're working on new ones. We got a new sword fighting game that we're working on right now, which is really fun to work on. We're hoping to have that out sometime twenty nineteen. So that, that's that's, that's very unusual for houses to be able to develop their own programs and then put it out there. You're giving it's, people it's, a lot of innovation. Yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot. You, I mean, maybe five years ago you really needed to go to a publisher, but it's not that way anymore nowadays. You know, you can just put your stuff up on Steam or you can just push your stuff out in um, a lot of different download stores. Epic just opened a brand new store. And, of course, if you're on the mobile market, you can just push stuff right, right up there. So it's now it kind of it moves the pressure of marketing now onto you as a developer. Right. Of course. Now, right. now, now it's your, if you're going to do that, that's your problem to deal with. But if you got a handle on uh, on the marketing, you can you can do it. And. Succeed independently, but it's it's, it's, it's so a interesting because you've seen this change. Obviously, you've been doing this for twenty plus years. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because you came actually part of Carnegie Mellon University with the Entertainment Technology Center, and through that you spun off Shell Games. So you've been you've been part of this since the early days, for lack of a better yeah. Better no, so you've seen this progression. As to you now left you and came back, right? It's a long time. Yeah, no, I went to I don't know, I went to Carnegie Mellon uh, about a hundred years ago, something like that. Right, years ago, yeah. right. And yeah, <laughs> then I was working at Disney for a long time, and I came back here in two thousand two. And been here ever since. And so, what's your sense of what's happening here in the region, in terms of Pittsburgh? You've had you've had a good upfront view. Yeah, you've had the most innovative skill set that many people did not think would be able to proliferate here. Yeah, I mean, what's what's interesting, what's happening in Pittsburgh is we are seeing a lot of growth in the tech space. We're seeing a lot of cultural growth mm-hmm. as well. Um, when we started. There wasn't a lot of meaningful competition, but now we've got, I don't know, Uber's trying to hire our people. And no. Google's I trying know. to hire right. our people. Right. Apple is here trying to hire people. You know, so How do you defend against that? Uh, you just try and be more awesome. Yeah. And then I that's about like all you can more do. Awesome. Try and be more exactly. awesome than those guys is about all you can do. Because um, I can't outspend them. I'll exactly. tell you that. I can't, right? I, I wish... So what would you say is like, the most awesome thing that you can do? as Jesse Shell and running Shell Games to make sure that when someone's working for you, you've got some of the most creative minds in the world to keep them engaged. And yeah, there's. Powered. I mean, this is the thing we, we talk about a lot, and we're always trying to figure out how to keep people because one of the, our, our whole company is founded on the idea that teams get stronger over time. Yeah, right, and right. if you believe that, you've got to mm-hmm. find ways to keep people here. In the normal game industry, that's not 
that's not a normal focus. Normal focus is how do you squeeze as much as you can out of right. people. And with that, you end up with situations where maybe you lay every three years you lay off thirty percent of your staff, and that's just Ow. that's I know that's totally normal in the industry. Wow. Right? Uh, or you just run the studio so hard until it like crashes and explodes. Like we just saw Telltale Games that just happened. Mm -hmm. just, I don't know what did they have two three hundred people and all of a sudden it was just, just one, gone. and they just imploded. One, one day it was just like yeah sorry it's over. Everybody did you nab any of their people? Uh, we definitely tried. <laughs> uh, we, 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 had, tried. we had some conversations. But, you know, fortunately they're, po they're they're popular folks, so I think most of them landed somewhere. Right. Um, but we you know we we work really hard to make sure that we don't find ourselves in those situations, and so that means kind of. Um, uh, moving carefully, choosing projects the right way, not taking crazy risky investments that are going to risk jobs, and then having a diversity of interesting projects that people are going to want to stay with. Mm -hmm. And so for us, the I think that some of the things that keep people, one of them is the diversity. We're just always having different types of projects. You know, somebody, you know, might be doing a theme park project for six months and then switch to an interactive toy and then switch to a virtual reality game. So they're always, they're, they're stretching their minds. Yeah, there's always always something different. And also we try and work on things that are really world-class. And that, that that's the thing that mm -hmm. uh, quality people get excited about. Um, and then, you know, just try and make really healthy working conditions. And that comes through thoughtful planning. Because, you know, when you have situations, you hear a lot of stories about crunch in, in the industry. And when that happens, it's usually because of bad management. Right. People didn't plan out their project well, and now everybody's under pressure to work 80 hours a week. And you, you just you want to avoid that because that's, mm -hmm. that's not a good way to keep people. So we're talking to Jesse Shell here from Shell Games, and we're taking a break in about a minute. But we're coming back with more Jesse Shell because there's so much to talk about, about right. building this awesome company here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I want you to nerd out more on what's happening with VR and AR and how it's really changing What's going on with gaming? I know you have a big open house coming up in the spring. Yep. There's just so many cool things going on. We're just so pumped to have you hanging out with us, Jesse. Simple as that. So people go at shellgames.com. Yeah, that's S-C-H-E-L-L, games.com. And uh, two things people can do there. They can sign up for the open house. They can also sign up to be a playtester, and we'll send you emails. Ooh, when we'll talk about that as well, too. Yep. So right, much so don't fun. Don't go away. I tell you, Audrey, this is a, a good day for Tech Vibe Radio. We're coming right back after this quick break. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. We have members like Shell Games hanging out with us. We just love it. Learn more about us, pghtech.org. Just as promised, I told you we're coming back with more Jesse Shell from Shell Games. Did I not lie, Audrey? Mm -hmm. I'm uh, so thrilled to have him. Yeah, such cool stuff. <laughs> it's like there's so many things to talk about. There it's are. hard to like, yeah, organize yeah. it all in my head. It is, because they do so much incredible stuff that really radio doesn't do it any justice it because the visual is just so powerful. We need Tech Vibe Radio to have its own like virtual reality like thing. It's a beautiful dream. Wouldn't it is a beautiful dream, <laughs> but right? But you could make that happen. We could. <laughs> we could. So, Jess, I know you've been asked this a lot, but it's, it's sort of important for the world to know. You mm -hmm. build this company. You come to Pittsburgh. It's, in many ways, it's against all odds. You do a lot of experiments. You've solidified. You've grown your staff. Yeah. You have low turnover mm -hmm. um, because you just do incredible things for the community by opening up the doors to young people, let them come in, hang out, immerse themselves. And you've created sort of like this local slow percolation of a brand, which people are really proud of. So, But what's the magic? What really do you think the magic is? I mean, did you think that you were really going to grow a company to this size? Oh, no. I mean, and there, there saw was... yourself as like a leader. No, there was absolutely, there was absolutely no plan to do that. The, the plan, such as it was, was uh, uh, I knew some people that I'd like to work with, and I thought, 
geez, I wish there was a way I could work with them. And then someone came to me. I'd been doing independent design consulting. That was how I initially started the company. Okay. I needed a little envelope for my own design consulting. Mm-hmm. So that's why what's well, called Shell Games, because it was just me. And so I, after a couple of years of that, one of my clients said, hey, you know, if you could pull a little team together, I could throw you some development projects. Would you want to do that? And I knew some people I really wanted to work with. And I, Interesting. So I said, yeah, maybe. So I started calling them up. I'm like, hey, would you guys, if I could get this gig, would you guys want to get sure. a little band going here? And so we got like, there was five of us maybe. And we started doing these projects. And we were having fun working together. It was going well. And we started getting more projects and more projects. And so it just sort of gradually snowballed up from five people to where we are now, uh, about 120 people. So it's a very different path than a normal tech company where they go and get venture capital and you've got go and do that right, and, right, right. and you're under pressure do you better grow fast and you better right. you get ready for your exit strategy right and no we were just like hey no let's let's just build awesome stuff you're just and, following your passions and, and having fun yeah yeah def- definitely i mean the uh the mission statement for the company is um that uh we we make things we're proud of with people we like in order to make the world a better place that's our mission Ooh. like that yeah and for me so it's fairly simple um and we've just kind of taken it slow and steady tried to build things build customer relationships that are good we do a lot of b2b stuff so it's a lot of you know us working for specific clients you know disney and museums mm-hmm. and all kinds of places um but then also we make our own stuff uh, the idea is we we try and make those those things profitable and we take the profits and put them into our own stuff and try and make that profit. Have you, have you, have you been approached by investors? Yeah, we get approached by investors all the time. Um, but we haven't had any reason to take the money. Right. I'm not saying that. Could is be it happen. fun saying no? It is sort of nice. Like it's say, interesting, but yeah, don't really need it. Don't yeah. really need your money right yeah, now. Exactly. Doing all right. right. <laughs> uh, but it could happen one day. It could be, we come up with, cause Typically right now, the, when we are going to invest in a thing we do ourselves, right. it's hard for us to invest more than two or three million. That's kind of a cap right. that we could do. Otherwise, we'd put jobs at risk, and we don't want right. to do that. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's I can imagine a situation where we hit some idea. We're like, man, if we had 12 million, we could really kill it with this. You can entertain a $10 million investment. So you could point. essentially at, isolate at point, something. At that point, I could imagine that it might happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But with all the experimentation that you're actually allowing people to do, by building their own games, yeah, that might be a natural pathway. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah, right? I don't know. Right now, we there's there's so much you can do with small projects that we're we're happy to do projects that are in this kind of, you know, this this sort of lower range. So, what has surprised you about being a leader and being in this role? What what kinds of things? The a lot big, of people can think the big about change. That. The big change for us is uh, for me specifically as the company grew. Is there was a point I realized that it was no longer my job to make good games um that making the games be great i had people for that that was their job my job was to make the studio as uh as great a place as possible i needed to keep those guys safe i needed to kind of create a situation where where they would have what they need and so i had to stop being game focused and i had to start being more people focused and uh, i think anybody who kind of is an organ isn't an organization that grows is going to find that that's what they have to do. How would you manage that transition? Because I mean, you obviously your 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 headset yeah, and your right. passion's been doing the games. Been like, wait a second, now I'm managing people to doing what I like to do. I know, right? It's it, right. So that's the old saying: either you uh, either you work on somebody else's project or somebody else works on yours. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but for me, it was this sort of realization that 
because uh, like how could it because some people what they do is they'll get to that point and they'll say you know what i better bring someone else in to run this company right, right. so i can focus on the games and and then i had this moment where i realized that oh wait a minute this company is a game and when uh -huh. i started thinking of it that That's way cool. and that the players very the, cool the players of the game were the people working at the studio and i needed to make it a game that they really liked to play that's right. what i'm talking and when about. i focus on it that way it's like oh now i am doing game design it's just way harder uh than normal but <laughs> higher consequences people yeah. are really <laughs> right it's but it's a it, but it's a great challenge and uh and and so that 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 helped me a lot you're playing the ultimate game then yeah right now and so what it. about attracting people mm. you know what's what's been i mean it's not a passive game yeah. Quote unquote, game. It's a real interesting question. The way you attract people, there's a lot of things to it. I mean, part of it is building reputation helps. When we were smaller and no one had heard of us, it was really hard to get people right. uh, to move here. Fortunately, we got the advantage of there are so many great people passing through Pittsburgh, you know, coming through the schools and all right. that. So there's people in Pittsburgh anyway, so you can get that. But we, as we got bigger, we found we could attract people from a distance. Partly stability attracts people, particularly more experienced people. They've seen... They've seen They've like seen the turnover, the, the crazy yeah. shops where yeah. one day you're there, the next day you're not. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they, they, yeah. So and so when they see the stability, like, damn, you've been there 16 years yeah. and like nothing, and like you're still here, and there have been no major bad incidents. That's sort of a big deal. Um, part of the challenge, I mean, one of the the pluses for Pittsburgh is our our cost of living is less than the national average. We're like 83 percent right. national average or something, and so that's great because it lets me compete price wise a little bit. But the flip side is, if I'm trying to put my salaries and salary I can offer up against like a San Francisco salary, it looks pretty paltry. And so we have this conversation where we're like, yeah, we can't quite hit the numbers that you guys are getting out there in the Bay Area, but let's take a look on Zillow, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and when they see, when people see and like- And people are okay with that? Oh, we need to create what, a game no, called Finding a House is, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> no, imagine you're, you're, you know, you're, I don't know, you're coming up on 40, living in, right. in uh, San Francisco. In a dorm. You're living in a, you're living in an apartment. Maybe you got two kids, and you're like, I wish I could have more of a house. And then, and I say, great, take that rent payment. Now look what you can do with that rent payment in Pittsburgh. And people's minds are blown because when they look at like, oh my god, the school district I could be in, right. and I could I could be in this huge house and everything. Really, and they, they it works. Yeah, really? that that's we found that we found that is for for some people that is a huge lure to be able to mm -hmm. to come here because for them it's like come to Pittsburgh be oh, an adult yeah it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like okay my you know my I might not be hitting the same salary but my 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 life is going to vastly improve. improve my quality of life Absolutely. is going to go away we're up. talking to Jesse Shell from Shell Games here on Tech Vibe Radio and so Jesse the movie Little is premiering on April the 12th <laughs> yeah it is tell us about what's going on with that and uh, some of the product placement in the movie that you guys yeah was, with. this is just a really funny thing we happen to know somebody who was making that movie we didn't even know what movie it is they they okay. just called us up and said, hey, we're making a movie. It's about a game studio. And we need some artwork and stuff that would be the sort of stuff a game studio would have. Uh, you know, if would you mind if we, like, put some of your products and things around in this movie? And we're like, is this... Is there anything weird is or bad? Weird? Is there anything weird about that? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. And they're like, it's it's fine. And, and we sure? were like, sure, dude. So we just sent a bunch of our artwork from a bunch of our games and didn't think, and that was like two years ago. We didn't even think about. It. We signed you the papers. Forgot about it. Really? Right? You signed okay. the document. Yeah, we signed the papers. Like, okay, yeah, you have permission to use this artwork. Blah blah blah. And we just, I just kind of figured because I know how it is in Hollywood. Right. You know, probably one out of six projects actually gets out right. of, out the door. Most things end up getting shuttered before you finish. Right. And then we see the trailer, 
and our stuff is all over it. Like, That's so oh my cool. god! Did you like, get any residual? No, no, oh, no. But, but our games are up in, on on the walls and everything. And most people aren't going to know. So they're looking at the actors. But if you look back at the walls, it's like there's our characters, there's our game title, uh, there's there's a Ryan Trail, there's Water Bears, there's I Expect You to Die. And so it's just really fun I for everyone. And when is that released? <laughs> when is that released? Uh, I think it's coming out April. Yeah, April yeah, 12th. April 12th. Yeah. We're gonna have a big party. I, we're probably all going to go. I think we're talking about renting a theater or something. Yeah. There you go. Going. You should. Yeah, yeah. You definitely should. That movie looks really cute. It's it's kind of the sequel to Big. Sort of. Oh, really? Exactly. That's oh. the whole idea. Ah. And then coming up on May 9th is the Open House, yep. which is yep. super open rad because you games. get to check out what you guys do, participate in games and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of kids that come with their a families. Lot of, a lot of people come. I mean, the great thing about the Open House, some people come just say, hey, what are these games you're making? A lot of people are there because, like, hey, I'm interested in a career in the game industry. Right. And, right. And we have uh, we'll have artists and programmers and writers and producers there to to talk to people about like well okay here's what it's really like here's what it takes to uh, to be part of the industry. Well, you have woken many people up. I I can tell you that, but particularly high school students. Yep, yep. Who just have no clue that they could translate what they've learned into yeah. something meaningful. Instead, they've been yelled at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. From, from being yelled at to getting paid by yeah. kill games. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it is. It's an exciting world. There are just there are so many ways to make things, and location doesn't matter so much anymore. You know, in the old days, if you weren't in San Francisco or L.A., it was kind of hard to right. Get, right. get into the right. game industry. The world has changed. It does. Yeah, yeah, location location matters very very yeah. little. Well, so you we got, made a commitment yeah. to Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah, no, we totally. we love yeah. Pittsburgh. It's because you can do this wherever perfect. you wanted to, but you've chosen Pittsburgh. Yeah. So we got about a great. minute left. What would you say has been the best thing about being in Pittsburgh to to make Shell Games be the, the cool company? That uh, I mean, I think the, the best thing about being in Pittsburgh is just the people. There's just incredible, the incredible talented people. There's incredible artists here. There's incredible technicians here, um, and it's just a wonderful place to live. A wonderful place to be. I have people coming from the greatest studios in the world. Right. I people, to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I have people come like I, I have guests. I don't know from Riot Games who makes League of Legends and. All kinds of people, and they come in and they see our studio. Like, oh, I wish our studio could be this cool. I'm like, yeah, one day you'll be able to afford so it. Cool. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I love it. Um, but it's just, it's just, it's just a wonderful place so to cool. be. So cool. Jesse Shell, Shell Games, Shell Games, S C H E L L Games dot com. You couldn't be more Thank proud of what you're doing so for much. Pittsburgh. Yeah, we're awesome fun. stuff. It's, it's great fun. Keep having fun. That's all I can say because it's, it's giving us great results. Hey, we're taking a quick break. We are coming right back with more Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and you can learn about us by going to pghtech.org. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you are listening to Tech Vibe Radio tonight. And this episode, this segment, is coming from our podcast studios, the Huntington Bank Podcast Studios, here at our headquarters in Nova Place. We love having the flexibility of grabbing the interviews when we can, and we are talking to Matt Kessinger from Forest Devices. And this is one busy dude. This is why we had to use the room, because he couldn't make it in the studio on a Friday night. and had to bring it over here to the PTC headquarters. And I tell you what, Matt, like, tech companies are pretty tough to build, but medical device companies, even tougher to build, because you got people's lives in your hands, and you are building such technology that is really going to positively impact the quality of people's lives, saving their lives for that matter as far as that is. So I'm really pumped to talk to you tonight. So glad you're taking the time out of your busy days. I know you're going back and forth, raising money, doing all types of crazy stuff. So Excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Glad to get 12 minutes of you <laughs> <laughs> as far as that goes. So first off, who is Matt Kessinger? Sure. So um, I've been in Pittsburgh for uh, nearly eight years now. I actually moved here to go to medical school. I was uh, in Boston right. and, and Dallas before that. 
Um, so I was an EMT before medical school. I, so I've always, my, my career has been about being in emergency medicine. I'm in that situation where... I could never do emergency medicine. Blood and people being mangled, just not my scene. You, you know, there, there's hard stuff about it, but there's rewarding yeah, stuff, too. Of course, too. you save lives. It's kind of like every job, you know? Gotcha. There's like the good parts and the bad stuff. And, and it's really just the, you know, you, you manage the good and you celebrate the, or you, you manage the bad and you celebrate the good. good. There you go. So, I mean, my first, my first month on the job, um, I missed a stroke. Okay. Um, and the reason I knew I missed a stroke is because I took the patient with my partner to uh, a nearby hospital and um, dropped, her off, dropped, dropped the patient off. We, we were then sent out to pick up another patient. It just so happens that the next patient was very, uh, um, very rapid succession. We went back to the exact same hospital, and the docs told me when I got back that the patient I had brought in just before had been a stroke patient. Whoa. And that I should have taken them to a different hospital. Oh, my. So you're seeing a problem immediately, like, wait a second, this is sticking with you. Well, it, I mean, it did stick with me, yeah. but it was like kind of like a subconscious stick. It, okay. wasn't, it wasn't the conscious. It, it, I didn't say at that moment, I am going to dedicate my life okay. to stroke identification in the pre-hospital environment. Gotcha. No, so, I mean, two years on, uh, for, I was a, a, a medic in, in, in Boston. I came to Pittsburgh to go to medical school. Um, Pitt Med's fantastic. Um, they have so many resources for research that I was able to, to, to do all kinds of different research while I was there. So, in fact, I spent three years trying to build a better clinical exam for pre-hospital personnel to identify stroke. So if you're, a, so if you're an EMT, you can then assess the person that you're trying to help and see what's going on stroke-wise. Right. I mean, okay. you know, a lot of people just assume that it's not so hard. But, you know, if you think about a trauma, like you got a, 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 a gunshot wound or you broke your leg, that's really easy for me to pick up. Strokes inside, you can't tell, right? Exactly. And because the strokes in the brain, where the stroke is, the symptoms are very, very different. So I, I basically spent about three years having, having a couple thousand patients using uh, machine learning techniques, trying okay. to build a better clinical exam that yeah. medics could use in the field. And I just failed. I was just absolute failure because in the end, you only have a couple minutes to do it. So, so your, your exam can only be limited to maybe a couple questions, squeeze my fingers, smile, right. what day okay. of the week it's it is. It's super quick, right, right, right. And because the symptoms are so different depending on where the stroke is, I just don't think it's possible to be both 80% accurate or higher and to have a basic EMT be able to reliably do the exam yeah, makes sense. all the time. Absolutely. And the, the literature bears that out. So it's not just my failure, but uh, hundreds of people all over the world have been trying to create these clinical exams, and nobody's been able to, to make one that meets both of those requirements yet. So I, I was in my last year of medical school, and I was sitting... Through- this is the part that I love. You're in your last year of medical school. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and and, and I, I was sitting through a, uh, a basically a dissertation, a, a PhD dissertation. A guy was going on getting like an MD-PhD. He was in neurosurgery, and they were looking at this very, very eclectic technology that almost nobody uses. And it was to like minimize ocular nerve damage during certain head surgeries. And it's the only idea I've ever had in my life that really hit me like a ton of bricks. Like wow. That was the first five... Five minutes, and I don't know what the rest of the talk was about. I just didn't hear any of it because gotcha. everything was spinning in my mind. Like wow. this is Eureka. Well, that's cool. I can take this technology. Yeah. If I if I ha- if I have the electrical engineers and the embedded engineers, we can make it durable and portable. And, and that's what we did. This is the first battery powered evoked potential machine ever in the world that so we created. Cool. I love it. I love it. And I can take the machine learning of the AI and make it so that the EMTs don't have to read the signal. So it just gives them a binary it's, output. Wow, okay, interesting. And so that was four years ago. <laughs> and that was four years ago, and you're like, how did I get here now? 
And so just reminding us, we're talking to Matt Kessinger from Forest Devices, forestdevices.com. Check out the site because you can really kind of nerd out and kind of see how this device works. And it's the uh, Alpha Stroke is the name of the product that you guys have. And so what's really cool about the company is you guys have been building this for four years. You're making all your milestones. You've gone through, what, two clinical trials so far? Yeah, we're making more than all our milestones. That's, in what, I, that's what I love hearing about this. I mean, you guys are just crushing it. So, so l- like you said earlier, I mean, medical device companies are hard to do, and we have been really lucky that we've had um, the, the support here in Pittsburgh and uh, the team um, that's been able to achieve. So the two big accomplishments are the two clinical trials. So um, this is our, our, our second one now. Um, we've always known we had three clinical trials to get to market. Gotcha. And so we need to do three rounds of fundraising. And so we've gotten through those first two rounds into that second clinical trial. So now the FDA has um, agreed to what a pivotal trial needs to look like for us to get clearance, and so which means we're one clinical trial away from You're being like able right to sell. You're right the precipice of this thing. I mean, it's not like tomorrow or next month because right. it takes yeah, a while for that point. clinical trial. Right. But I mean, you see, finally, I can see it. The metaphor I like to use is that I've always known that there is a path to market, and we've always been on that path. Well, with the, 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 the just a month and a half or so ago, finally, with, with FDA saying this is what your pivotal needs to look like, now I can finally see the end. Like, it's in the distance, I can, right. but I can, I can clearly see it now. And there's no one on your tail on this either. Like, you're the only company doing this, right? So there is nothing out there right now. Um, there have been a few different technologies that have been in development, but every one of them has failed. And I, I think mainly wow. for two reasons. One, they're trying they – have, they have technologies that are looking for a problem to solve, and that's just not what this is. You can't do it that way. Right. I mean, most of the time, at least, you can't. Right. Um, and, and then the second is that the people trying to solve this problem, they're neurosurgeons. They're people that are very highly specialized who are multiple steps removed from the pre-hospital. So they don't even have a sense of the requirements that are needed in that environment. And many of them don't even understand that there's a real problem. Because look, think about it. If you're a stroke doctor and all you do is stroke every single day, you're really, really good at picking out stroke. Exactly. And you don't deal with EMTs because the EMT doesn't talk to you. Right. The emergency physician talks to you. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people between you and them at this point. So I've met tons of stroke docs that don't even realize EMTs have a problem identifying stroke. That's crazy. Well, talk to us a little bit about just how, I mean, obviously stroke is a big, big It's the most problem. disabling like, disease on earth. I mean, it can be minor but massive. I mean, in everything in between, I mean, from, from life ending to not being able to use a limb to not being able to speak again. I mean, there's so many different ways that stroke can impact people. Uh, about half of stroke patients are going to have permanent disability and a third wow. or so severe disability. The, the, I, I speak with a, a lot of uh, family members of stroke patients, and there's a phrase that has always stuck with me because I hear it so often. Okay. It's a fate worse than death. Right, because it's like you're just, you've you got to deal with something that's just so life-altering afterwards. Half, half of stroke patients who end up in nursing homes because they can't take care of themselves, right. they, they end up there for, for five to ten years. So they're spending five years not being able to talk, not being able to walk, it's not be themselves, and their and their and their family is just looking. I mean, they, there's constant suffering, there. right? And then there's crazy costs if it, all of a sudden they're in a facility because they can't take care of themselves. That's just adding to our healthcare costs. Average of seventy thousand a year or so. Wow. So something like alpha stroke then can really have the, the ability to alleviate so much of that. Uh, and that's why I'm saying this is a hard company to build because it's impacting lives and the quality of care and the cost and all that kind of stuff. 
I, I think that the, 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 the impact is, is one of the, or the widespread impact is one of the things that's really driven the company forward. And, and I, one of the favorite, my favorite stories to tell is, is how I convinced my co-founder to co-found the company with me. Okay. So he and I, we'd known each other for a number of years. We, we'd actually built a couple things together in the past. Gotcha. And in, in, in October of 2014, when this idea came to me, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I, 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 took him, I brought him home, took him to, sat at the kitchen table for a few hours, talked over the science. And, and I mean, he's an intellectual embedded engineer. Asked him, you know, can you build this thing? Yeah, and, and he can came, you build this? Please say yes. <laughs> and when he came back and he said, yeah, you know, like a lot of stuff you think of, man, it's not that complicated. <laughs> right. I think I can build it, but I really don't think this is a problem. Huh. So you had to convince him it was a problem. I, I didn't have to convince okay. him. It was the holidays. And um, at, after the holidays, he called me up and he said one of his uh, colleagues, the wife, actually, of one of his colleagues had had a stroke Whoa. over the holidays. Okay. And the medics didn't know that it was a stroke. And they took her to the nearest hospital as instead of the stroke, designated stroke, stroke hospital. hospital. right. And she was still in the hospital now. And they oh didn't my. know how much function she would ever recover. I'm serious. And so, oh I mean, it's just the... the the, the, the world talking to us here. And he said to me, Matt, if you can find me six, mo- six months of salary, I'll quit my job and co-found the company with you. No way. And that's how it all started up. That's how it all started. And so rumor has it, like, you're, so you're on, you're, you have your, uh, your, your medical degree on hold. Yeah. Right so I, I, mean, Which I think it's just crazy. We said you were in your third year and now you did this crazy thing to start a company that's going to save millions of lives. Yeah, I mean, you know, most people go to medical school for altruistic reasons. We, we go to ha- make an impact. Right. And, and so the people there, the docs at the medical school, they're also there to try to make an impact. Right. And so when, when, when we got a, a few, a few foot feet forward um, down the path with this idea, I came to Pitt and I said, I, I, I need to really pursue this until I can put it in somebody else's hands, until it's got legs of its own. Right, right, right. And everybody understood what I was talking about, and, and they've been great. And so, yeah, I got my medical it. degree on hold. I've got a few more uh, rotations that I need to do, um, and my, my parents and my grandmother, they will make sure that I, I, I finish those. <laughs> That's so awesome. But they, I have the support of everybody. They all see the, the potential right. impact of this project. So cool. So glad you got to talk to us here on Tech. Thank you for Radio. having me. No, these are the stories that only happen in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm glad you came to Pittsburgh and you're staying here to build this company. Oh, me too. I, I, I made no better choice, I think, in my life than moving here to Pittsburgh. Wow. Those, that's not a ringing endorsement for Pittsburgh <laughs> tech sector. I don't know what it is. Right from Matt Kessler. Messenger from Forest Devices, forestdevices.com, and you're pumping me up. I love it, man. I love it. Once again, I can't thank you enough for tuning in to Tech Vibe Radio tonight. What a pleasure to have you spend an hour with us learning all about Pittsburgh's technology sector. So many great stories going on here. We need so many more Fridays to keep telling them, so keep tuning in. If you want to catch up on any past Tech Vibe Radio broadcasts, just go to pghtech.org. You can go there and follow a couple links and find, oh, three or four years' worth of stuff that we've done to uh, really learn about what's going on in Pittsburgh's tech sector. You'll find it super exciting. I know you absolutely will. Once again, pghtech.org. It's the home of the Pittsburgh Technology Council. We've been helping technology companies succeed since 1983. Have a great weekend, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.